Batman. There's a Batman symbol in this movie. All right. Yes. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the crazy cinephile. <laughs> what? <laughs> the crazy. The gremlins are taking over the episode. Anyway, uh, so the crazy cinephile, where we love movies, mm-hmm. but we're not dicks about it. I may. That's Luke. Ko Yes, and if you haven't been here before, we're pretty pretty straightforward. We talk about a movie. We can do a full spoiler discussion of movie. After mm-hmm. that, we do a horror and a rom-com recommendation from me and Luke, respectively. Then we do a lazy talk where we talk about whatever the fuck we want. Because we're actually yeah. the Lazy Cinephile Podcast, and that's why it's called Lazy Talk. Yeah. But we're crazy today. It's a crazy talk today. Oh, yeah. Because it's or a crazy cra- movie. Oh, uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Or as the, yeah. as the kids say, do, do, do kids still say cray? Do kids they ever say, say cray cray, okay. I believe, do, yeah. Have kids... I believe that's what they still say. <laughs> have I do have, have they ever actually said that? Have any has any child actually said cray cray? Um, I don't believe so. I think Kenzie said thebomb.com one time. Wow, thebomb.com? Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've said that. <laughs> We've all said thebomb.com. I've never said that. Well, that's unfortunate. You just said it. <laughs> it doesn't count. It does count. I was um, repeating what Mackenzie said. Well, hey, if you re- if you repeat like a racial slur from a quote, you're still said the racial <laughs> slur, didn't you? <laughs> Welcome to the show. If you haven't been here before, this is what it's like all the time. It doesn't get any better than this. Don't worry about it. Um, today, we're talking about yes. Gremlins 2, The New Batch. Luke picked it last week. Yep. And yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're going to go full spoilers. Please give this movie a watch if you haven't seen it. Where can people watch it on streaming? It's on HBO Max. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, get, make sure to get that all sorted out. This is definitely a movie worth watching. We both like this movie, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Um... Gremlins yeah. 2, the new batch. Luke, give us the lowdown for anyone still listening that, has, that hasn't seen it. What, what What's up with this movie? What, what is it all about? Yeah, so uh, the Gremlins have returned, but they're in New York City this they're time. They're in New York City, baby! They, Zach uh, Galligan has got a new job along with his girl, Phoebe mm-hmm. Cates. In uh, Trump Tower. I mean, cl- I mean Clamp Office Clamp, Building. Clamp, Clamp, Clamp. Clamp. Something, yeah. Clamp. <laughs> yeah, but uh, then... Basically, Gimzo ends up ends up being there, but then he gets a little wet, and that's a problem for these guys, as we yeah. all know. What so, are, okay, uh, what are the rules? Rule number one. Uh, though you don't talk about Fight Club. <laughs> <laughs> Rule number two. We don't talk about Fight Club. No, it's don't fucking talk about Fight Club. <laughs> anyway, the actual rules of the Gremlins yeah, that taking care of them are. Yeah, don't don't let them get wet. Don't. No, no, no. Now, rule number one. Uh, is, <laughs> rule number one is that you don't get them in bright light, especially sunlight, because it kills them. Rule number two is never get them wet. Num- rule number three is never, ever, under any circumstances, let them eat past midnight. Yes. Yes, the rules don't make sense. Yes, the movie doesn't care. <laughs> yeah, the movie points them out in this one. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Even though yeah. it's never, it's never actually like the the main criticism I've had with the rule, it was isn't addressed. Which because is, like, uh, when's the cutoff after midnight? Is it when the sun rises? When is this like when? <laughs> like you know, like I, I can like I can buy that like just for whatever time zone they're in, sure. But like this mm-hmm. ancient curse is very like savvy to the international to the <laughs> international Mogwai market. <laughs> uh-huh. But like what? What like when is the cutoff? Can I like 
When when are they allowed to eat breakfast? Can they get up and for a late night snack at like six thirty at like dawn? Mm-hmm. When when is I I just don't know. <laughs> that is true. I think the movie has an answer for those type of people to care yeah, about yeah, things. Yeah, because yeah. the thing comes out and eats that one guy. <laughs> it's like who cares? Yeah. Even though obviously they're poking fun at it to oh, yeah. the you know Joe Dante right. Yeah, I mean, it, it's funny. I mean it. it <laughs> It, it is not the point, and that is the point of that joke. Anyway, oh, yeah. if, if you care about that thing, it's fun to have those conversations, yeah. but shut up about it. Yeah. All right, this movie makes fun of the first one relentlessly. Yes, and it does. This one, yes, most, it does. My favorite instance of it is uh, the Amraham Lincoln's birthday. Yes, bit. same. Because, of same. course, in the first one, she has this long, sad story about, like, her dad... Her as... dad dying on Christmas Eve, yeah. Yeah. Was... And then dragging his body out of the chimney <laughs> days later. Mm-hmm. And what, what's the, what, what happens in this movie? Get, get, set yeah. the scene, even though we were we were in the middle of the plot synopsis, but let's set this scene. Oh, sorry. And they get gremlin shenanigans, all right? Yeah, gremlins get out, they get wet, they get out, there's evil shenanigans there, and yeah, okay. anyway, right. set the scene, Abraham. <laughs> I want to hear about Abraham. Well, I mean, the scene itself is just there talking, and Dick yeah. Miller's there, but then Dick Miller just says Lincoln, and then he's like, and then she's like, oh god, don't mention Abraham Lincoln's birthday, you can't, I don't want to think about that. And Something she starts horrible. going on, something horrible happened to me on Abraham Lincoln's birthday. <laughs> I was in the park. And this man, it, he came yeah. up to me, and he looked just like Abraham Lincoln. You know, just, yeah. <laughs> it was, it's so weird. Yeah. But then the other guy's like, all right, all right, let's let's, let's just go on. Like, and, honey, can can we? We need to. We don't have time for this. Yeah. <laughs> Her weird flashback. She's. Having. It's so funny. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um. So as yes is probably obvious by now. This movie is Gremlin Shenanigans. The movie. This movie is an excuse to have Gremlin Shenanigans, and fairly yeah. little more. I don't see anyone here really being inspired to tell a meaningful story here. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're, 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 a lot of this movie is like excuses to tell gags, basically. Yeah. Whereas like the first one had just, more of like a basic story to go by. This this is just a screwball comedy essentially, disguised as like a kiddie horror movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I say, I say Kitty Horror movie with 100% admiration and respect. That is a very yeah. good thing to be. Yeah. I mean, it's got, like, some satire in there, obviously. Oh, yeah. I mean, the cable network comes to mind. Of them, like, having an archery channel the, and, like, a microwave yeah, channel. The, and, the entire but now setting, it's, yeah. Yeah. Although now, like, channels like that are kind of more regular, like, just really niche ones. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, There's, like, how many ESPN how much... ch- like, channels out there? There's, like, ESPN <laughs> 4 Plus, whatever, and it's, like, people watching, like, wood chopping tournaments mm-hmm. or whatever. It's, like, yeah. I, mean, I think that's cool. But, like, yeah, it does, like, it does, like, speak to an excess that, like, this kind of, like, version of capitalism incentivizes. Mm-hmm. I think it's pretty funny. Yeah. It kind of brings forward, like, the first movie the dad is, like, has all those dimensions and stuff that mm-hmm. we're messing up. And now it's been really industrialized in this with the smart building. I'd, I'd, say, as far as, I'd say as far as it'd be bastardized. Bastardized. Yeah. Like, it, they, like, they take it and they reshape it and absolutely fuck it until it becomes this giant metal monstrosity of a building. Yeah, it's a nightmare, that building. Yeah, it's horrifying. <laughs> I love... announce it when you go into men's bathrooms. <laughs> it's, <laughs> like... Hello, sir. This is the men's room. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which, honestly, disgusting. I hate men's rooms. Anyway. 
Um, yeah. Well, yeah, my favorite moment of, like, the announcing, and there's a lot of funny, like, announcement gags, is <laughs> the fire alarm. Yes. She, she oh pulls the fire alarm at one point, and it says, Fire, Earth's most untamed element. It's like, it burns with a passion in our hearts, or whatever. The built. Speaking of, this building is on fire. This is yeah. not a joke. The building is on fire. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh-huh. like, reenact the age-old drama of self-preservation. Evacuate right now. <laughs> it's fantastic. Uh-huh. I love it so much. Yeah, yeah. We, we can just... Do you, we, are we just going to go through this whole thing just talking about all the weird gags? <laughs> like, I don't I know what mean, else to talk about. Honestly. <laughs> like, I don't know. I guess... I, I do have some genuine, some genuine um, critical thinking, criticism, whatever you want to call it. We're not critics. I don't give a shit about critics. <laughs> uh-huh. But um, yeah, I do think that there is a a, a fairly um, so it's there's a lot of really um, I don't know, robust and depth writing, I'd say, because it's just it's really um, it knows what you're there for. It always sets up very efficiently your characters. Mm-hmm. It's honestly a fairly good way to look at how to really ramp up everything starting from the first act because a lot of a lot of screenwriters a lot of new screenwriters like to really get into it get into the action real quick but a lot of them forget to have the the character and all that and still Mm -hmm. stick stick to that mold of really getting into it i feel like this movie does it really well um i really like the way that he continues the billy and billy and kate character I feel like they are the most wholesome couple, the most weirdly wholesome and straight arrow couple you've ever seen in your life. And mm-hmm. to put them is like essentially the, the straight man in a movie that, against gremlins that is seemingly made by gremlins, I think really grounds the movie in a palatable experience. And without them, I think it wouldn't make much, it wouldn't make much sense. It wouldn't have like anything other than a bunch of colors flying in a bunch of different directions. <laughs> oh yeah. They are in it less, though. They, they are in it much less, yeah. But, but but they are still in it, I feel like, in a way that is... I don't know, that makes sense for the narrative, and they're used very wisely. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think their relationship's cute. Yeah. They're adorable! Yeah, it's like, she thinks he's cheating, and she literally just goes, Billy, if we get out of this night... If we get out of this night alive, you're in big trouble. <laughs> it's like, I just, like... <laughs> <laughs> who talks like that i love yeah. it it's like when she's remembering the rules he's like that's right honey that's right or whatever <laughs> and so he's, he's like there's good news though what you're gonna take him home <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> right. i'll never do that yeah it's it's great it's funny i love it <laughs> yeah, yeah they still got the chemistry it's nice yeah, yeah. and i really like zach galligan that guy is great, and he needs to be in more things. I've only seen him in one other thing other than the uh, other than the Gremlins movies, and that's Hatchet 3. Oh, really? I don't remember who he is in it, but apparently he's in it. <laughs> um, he's in Hellraiser 3, so... Oh, okay. Yeah. So he seems to be fairly, like, horror-inundated. Mm-hmm. He's in the Waxwork movies. Anyway... <laughs> Yeah, um, I like Zach Galligan, and of course Robert Robert Ricardo is in this movie, who yes. is um, a Star Trek Voyager mainstay, and um, Rob, and uh, and uh, freaking Zach Galligan is in an episode of Voyager, I think because of I think because of their relationship. Yeah. He was a guest star in Voyager. I think he was like a 
Oh, I don't remember who he was. I think he, like, because Voyager, like, do you know the premise of Voyager? It's out in the middle of nowhere, right? right yeah, it's like they were, like, the, the the Voyager, the USS Voyager, was thrown so far out into space that, they're like, they're just, like, literally the whole show is just the things they encounter on their way home. Basically. Mm. Right. And so, I think he was, like, this, uh, I remember he was, like, a Federation officer of some kind or something like that. Mm. I saw, like, half of this episode, like, on TV, like, ten years ago, so I mean, maybe... Not the best recollection, but yeah, I remember him being in it, and I remember him interacting with Robert Ricardo, I believe. So. Oh, nice. Yeah, and Robert Ricardo plays a hologram in that. Oh, he does. Yeah, so he's, a, he's a hologram, hologram doctor. Hologram. Yeah, he's like the he's like the medical officer of Voyager, and he's a hologram. He's a there's a lot of like you know because like Next Generation's all like Brent Spiner or Data, like is is he sentient? Is how. Like, is he life and all that, you know? And this one, they take it even further to where he, he's not even physically there. Oh, okay. He's a hologram, so there's a lot of interesting things with that. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Okay. So, anyway... Pretty different character from a, the kind of the antagonist that's not the Kremlins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he is movie. the main human antagonist, yeah. Yeah, because even the guy above him is more like... Acts like a big kid, basically. Yeah, I mean, he's, like... I mean, for a movie like this, it's kind of funny to, to like call someone this but he's kind of the comedic relief of the movie mm-hmm. of the human characters he's like the comedic relief of them yeah because he's never not stupid <laughs> and uh-huh. he's a he's a like a very direct parallel to trump right yeah trump yeah. clamp trump tower whatever yeah clamp oh wait you already made this joke in the podcast. yeah i know I was just a, for those that didn't get it <laughs> clamp is a uh clamp is a reference to trump it's like, yeah, it's a big, like, megalomaniacal businessman that is too stupid for his own good. Yeah, and when he looks at, like, uh, Gizmo at the end, he's like, you know what I see? Kids with, like, big gooey eyes and whatever. And he basically tells him about merchandising. Yeah. So, it's a pretty new joke at the time. Oh, yeah, I mean, the, the, this movie is, is meta in a way that, like, not even Scream got to yet. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is 1990? I can't think... Maybe Jason Lives was the first... <laughs> was like one of the primary meta movies before this. As um, in, like Devon slashing. Uh, well, no, like when she's like, uh, yeah, that was 1986. There's like, a, there's like the scene where like the two in the car, they're like rocking up on the road, and then Jason's just like standing there, and she's just like, hold on, don't go out there. I've seen enough horror movies to know that any guy standing there with a mask is a bad idea. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's like a lot of jokes like that. Um. There's like I think there's ah I, mean, I, I yeah. don't know there's a lot there's, yeah. there's like blatant fourth wall breaking in that movie <laughs> for sure yeah, yeah that was very self aware yeah yeah it wasn't like Gremlins literally stopping the movie and then putting in a reel oh no I agree <laughs> yeah I agree yeah 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 no this movie's more it's insane <laughs> yeah yeah I, yeah don't get me wrong well like, yeah it's, that, it it was one it's one of the the early I think like markers of meta storytelling being really good because i think mm-hmm. meta storytelling really started like genuinely taking off with scream like, there were mm-hmm. things before like like as mentioned this and jason lives but like scream really did that and of course nowadays it's all the rage oh yeah even even like in the new new biggest movie of all time spider-man no way home scream five. no <laughs> i was gonna say spider-man no way home they're, they're like there's a there's a mention on how like all the names are silly like he goes my name's Otto octavius and they're just like <laughs> you know it's like that's a meta joke you know, it's, it's, even though it's it's a far yeah. more subtle one than putting in a literal extra reel and the Gremlins mm-hmm. doing hands shadow puppets on the screen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, it's a 
it's literally the meta, like, knowing your audience and what they know is really thrown itself into this modern cinema language, and I think it's cool to see one of the earliest versions of it. Mm-hmm. I don't, like, I, I'd love to know about, like, some earlier ones that they exist, though. I'll have to, sure. we'll have, to, we'll have to look and research that. Yeah, I mean, they were playing, like, Looney Tunes cartoons that were, like, breaking the park wall and stuff. I mean. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of which, this movie mm-hmm. has the Looney Tunes cartoons. Yes. Uh, bookending it. Uh, yeah, which, they got Chuck Jones out of retirement to do. He was retired, they got him out of retirement to do that? Yeah, he, he directed those seg- segments, and he, you know, <laughs> his voices. So. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the guy that was, like, he voices Bugs Bunny, right? I, I think so. And he's, like, allergic to carrots, so he, like, so he, like, bit into the carrots for, like, the sound and then spit them out after every take. Really? I think that's a thing, yeah. What okay, a... Then. What a... What a wonderful world. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny, because it's one of the most iconic sounds in all the cartoons. <laughs> Is that, like, him chewing that carrot and then going, what's up, Doc? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's like everyone knows that, like, big, like, that crunch and then what's up, Doc? Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, this movie kind <laughs> of, like, even, like... It's kind of, like, poetic, because that was one of the more, like, chaotic, logic-doesn't-matter forms of entertainment that yeah. happened out there, you know? It sets up the Antarctic tone in the movie... So yeah, yeah, yeah. That at the beginning. Antarctic? An- an- Antarctic. Like, an- <laughs> an- anarchy. I thought that's how you... Pr- Antarctic. Antichrist. Whatever. <laughs> you know. That's like fall by stock footage of New York. Uh, oh, my which God. Which was from a... Stock footage that was from a su- filming Superman 4, The Quest for Peace. Really? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, that, that horrible movie amounted to something, huh? <laughs> Good old canon film. I'd love to do an episode on Super Four, Superman 4. Oh, lovely. It's All hilarious. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that movie's hilarious. Well, if we ever did the Superman movies, we know we'd be dreading Superman 3 more than that one. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why are we talking about Superman? What counts as a Superman movie? No, the original run of, like, that canon. It's like Superman the movie to Superman Returns. But Superman Returns is technically a sequel to those movies. It's a man steal, wouldn't it be like... No, because that's part of the DCEU. Okay. Okay. No, we're doing the we're doing the simple ones before everything got got stupid. Ugh, cinema isn't art anymore. Ugh, superhero movies. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of sequels, Gremlins two. Speaking what? of sequels. <laughs> yeah. But um. Yeah. Yeah, I I do think that's a cool like way to pay tribute to clearly like in tone. That's the closest thing I can think of, like mm-hmm. Looney Tunes to this yeah. movie. There's some blatant cartoon sound effects in it, and I mean... Yeah, there is, yeah. And it, it very much feels like a cartoon. By the time it gets a dirt act, it pretty much is a cartoon. Yeah, it's a cartoon with, like, with puppets, basically. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I, I, like, do you have a fact of this? How many freaking gremlin, like, bodies and puppets and all that did they have? Oh, I, I don't know that. It must be thousands, right? I don't know about thousands. It, well, well, like... Do you, we at least see hundreds in a single frame at some point. Yeah, there was yeah that shot of them in the lobby. Yeah, was actually eight. It was like a eight sections of that shot were put together. Oh, so there was only about like maybe that many. Okay, like okay, that. that's smart. So. Okay, <laughs> that makes sense. And yeah. uh, so yeah, there there's a there still though they really sell how many there are, mm-hmm. and they all hold up except in sometimes in a shot you can just see one like 
just completely still just hanging on a balcony or something like that. It's in the background, but like I notice it every time I, I see it. It's just one gremlin at one point during the initial chaos going through the main building. He's just like hanging on the... You just see the back of it. It's in the background of the shots. It's hanging on a balcony. It's just completely still, and it holds on that shot for like 30 seconds because there's like things exchanging in the foreground. Mm. Well, like in the background, I always just look at that one just hanging there, completely motionless. <laughs> it's funny. And there's plenty of ones with motion around it. It's weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. It always stands out to me. Yeah. You can talk about the main uh, gremlins if you want. The main Maybe. ones? Well, we got, we will, oh, if we're talking about main gremlins, we got to talk about Gizmo. Gizmo. Yes. Who is as cute as ever. But it goes through quite an arc in this movie. And uh, by quite arc, I mean he gets tortured. He gets tortured and becomes a war veteran. <laughs> Yeah. He literally, he watches Rambo 2, mm-hmm. or sorry, first Rambo First Blood Part 2, right. the, at the start of this. Mm-hmm. And then later he fashions a bow and arrow out of a rubber band and a bent paper clip. Yeah, it does some great training. Yes, and uh, uh, with a, a match and some, what was that that was at the end? paper, wait. The, like the, the explosive part at the... the I don't know exactly. Yeah, I, I didn't see what it was, but um, he puts like this little tiny bottle of... Like, let's just say lighter fluid. It wasn't lighter fluid, but let's Vaseline. just say lighter. Yeah, sure, Vaseline. <laughs> he just puts it at the end of the match and then shoots it into the spider gremlin, and that thing blows up in flames. Oh, yeah. Just like that scene in Rambo 2. <laughs> right, yeah. Where, he, where, he, where Rambo, Sylvester Stallone, just walks very nonchalantly across some rocks. The man is shooting at him. He's not trying to hide at all, Rambo. And so he just very calmly just stands there and draws that arrow oh, back. Oh, I remember that. And then scene. shoots the guy and his, and he explodes. The man explodes. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. It was fantastic. <laughs> Honestly, that movie's underrated. The Rambo movies are really good. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, yeah. So Gizmo becomes Rambo in this movie. He's the cute little kid from the first one, and then he becomes Rambo. Mm-hmm. The other ones, I don't know any of their names. All right, we got George and Lenny. There's the, like the pair. One's, like, a little more stupid, and, like, the other one's, like, uh, leading him on. Like, when he opens the vent, like, that's Lenny, he hits him with the vent. Yes. He's, like, the cook. He's, like, oh, 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 that's <laughs> yeah. Yeah, But yeah, George's yeah. one, like, he gets hit with the, when he's next to the microwave and stuff and looks. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. There's Daffy, which is the crazy one. Daffy, like Daffy Duck. <laughs> wow. <laughs> good, good job, Joe Dante. <laughs> He yeah, must have was... pissed Warner Brothers off with this movie. Maybe, but they did let him have like full creative control because they really wanted a sequel, and that's the only way he made it. Yeah, he didn't want to do it, right? No. Yeah, because but... he, he said the making the first one was like kind of miserable because of all the special effects he had to do. Uh. There was just yeah, a lot, a lot mean, to wrangle. He said it was fun, but yeah, it was a lot to wrangle and stuff. And so he made a movie with way more. Yeah, yeah they so gave it triple the budget and like uh, it tripled the budget. Yeah, it was like what twelve, but twelve million before I believe. So this one was it says dirty to fifty million oh. as a budget. So they like hey, hey yeah that's that's pretty that's pretty close. Yeah, and okay. so they put a lot more ones, Yeah, the first one's budget according to IMDb was eleven million. Yeah, and the first one made like so much money, so that's why they wanted the sequel. And then this one made forty-two million, so then it uh, it might have lost money if you <laughs> do the money. Oh, it says uh, on here it's fifty million. Fifty million. Yeah, so it blatantly lost money. <laughs> and then, 
Yeah. I guess enough time had passed since that first one. But. But yeah, and also, like, I can't imagine word of mouth for this one was, like, quite the same as the first one. Because the first one was, like, a very understandable, like, fairly straightforward movie. I mean, it had its, like, weird flares and all, all that. But, like, it was, like, it was understandable. Right. And this movie came out and it was just, like, fuck everything. Fuck studios. Fuck capitalism. Fuck it all. <laughs> fuck narrative. Fuck tone. Fuck all of it. Yeah. Like, I don't... <laughs> Like, right. I, I'm, I'm there isn't the market for the meta stuff that there is now. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Cause, I mean, like, yeah, like Deadpool was like the and Deadpool two like once they came out were both like the biggest R rated movies ever. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> this obviously isn't R rated, but it's PG thirteen. Yeah, thanks to the first movie. Yeah, but I, you know, you think this one's actually less violent than the first one? Or I think, this, think or, I think I think bar the last bit where we're all melting, and the, Andy gets shredded. And then the shredding, yeah. The, I think besides that, yeah, it's it's fairly less violent because in the in the first one, at least less like, dark because this is more of a zany movie. Yeah. I mean, I mean, first one had zany stuff, but like, but like the Gremlins like really messed stuff up in that first one. There's a lot yeah. of like weight in like the people they murder. Uh, <laughs> if you remember the microwave, like Gremlin exploding and mm-hmm. then blending and whatever. We should get revenge on in this movie. Like, they see in the microwave, like, microwave. <laughs> and so they blow it up. Right, yeah, yeah. And stuff. And one of them knocks a blender down near the beginning. Uh, that was oh, Daffy. yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> so. That's funny. I, I took the um the shredding is like, this movie's version of the microwave kill, though. Oh, yeah. You gotta have it. You gotta have something. You gotta, you gotta something use like it. Crazy. You gotta use the PG-13. Yeah. <laughs> now we got it. It's, it's so. amazing. And yeah, yeah, and when they eventually like all die and they're melted and all that, it's it's disgusting. Mm-hmm. Like seeing all them do that, oh, Ma- yeah. the makeup effects in this still hold up. Oh yeah. Which, as you mentioned, it was Rick Baker, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but I I knew in my heart that Stan Winston worked on this movie. Turns out he's never touched a Gremlins movie before. Yep. But uh. Hey. Yeah, it's a different guy doing the effects this time around. I forget who did it the first movie, unfortunately. Yeah. But... I I'm not sure. We yeah. probably met. listen to our Gremlins episode. Yeah. Our, our first and this Gremlins Rick Baker didn't want to do it initially because it was someone else's design to be working with. Oh yeah. But then he told he could like have the Gremlins have their own like uh, look, unique looks to them and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it also look a little different. Like Gizmo looks different than he did in the first oh, movie. Yeah. They and they're more pretty, expressive. They look the a Gremlins lot different in this one to me. Yeah. So, like they use the budget. They do. Like. It works. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, is the new, like, the one that's, like, the black and white one with the with the white mohawk, is that supposed to be, like, kind of a... Oh, yeah, there was that gremlin. Didn't is that, that supposed to be, like, Spike? It's a Spike equivalent, but his yeah. name is Mohawk. Mohawk, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I like that, like, when he transforms into, like, a gremlin, his mm-hmm. mohawk doesn't turn into, like, a hair thing. It turns into, like, a spiky type of... Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. It's cool design detail. It's great design detail. Yeah. And then, of course, there's all the testy the lab gremlins. Oh, my God. Which, speaking of the lab, we have to mention the fact that they got Christopher Lee mm-hmm. to play a character named Dr. Cather. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I love how much this movie doesn't care. And he's introduced <laughs> by, like, walking into the door, and as one of his employees, like, sneezes into a tissue, he, yeah. like, grabs his, like, can I have that, please? I just want to... Yeah. He's calling him disease. He's like, "Ooh, that's my malaria. This package." And he's like, "No, it's just, the... just rabies. rabies. All I have is rabies." 
It's like, mm. all a man wants is a couple of diseases. <laughs> it's, it's so yeah. weird. It's like, I didn't... Like, yeah. like, there's not really a purpose for having Christopher Lee in this movie, but they just put him in there. Yeah. I they, wonder what, like, he said about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He seemed to, like, everyone on set seemed to, was, like, worshipping him, kind of, because they were such an icon to him. Well, yeah. And stuff. Yeah. So maybe it might have been his 200th movie. The Gremlins 2. Wow, 200? Maybe. Yeah, he worked but, on a lot of uh, really old uh, Hammer films, didn't he? Like Hammer oh, yeah, War stuff. Like yeah, he was Dracula. He was like, yeah. <laughs> and he like fought in a war. Oh. Yeah, did you, yeah, for like for like Lord of the Rings, when, spoiler for Lord of the Rings, I guess, when he got stabbed in it, mm-hmm. his character got stabbed, like he talked to Peter Jackson and like heard the sound effect and said, that's not what it sounds like when people get stabbed. And that's not what people do, like, your direction you're giving me. So he, like, gave Peter Jackson the lowdown on what it's like for people to get stabbed <laughs> in the back. Wow. And then what you see in the movie is what he claims is accurate. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Christopher Lee's a badass, dude. Yeah. He's awesome. Yeah. I, I love this movie. I love his line, line deliveries. Yes. Unlike me, apparently. No, man, right I love your, your line deliveries, Luke. Yeah, but yeah, I love that part where like the we got the twins. I meant the clones, uh, but yes, <laughs> and yeah. they get, actors famous around this time. Yeah, they got Giz- Gizmo out and put on the Fats Dominoes, and he like <laughs> starts dancing to it. And Christopher just... Lee, they're like dancing along with him, but then Christopher Lee is like looking like, like I don't care. This, what is this? The stupid music. Yeah, he it likes this some music. The hardest. A uh, shot to do in the film or horse effect thing was getting Gizmo to enhance. <laughs> so, you know that makes a lot of sense to me, actually. Because so. like the shot, like you don't like you see all the way around around him, and there's like the two dancing twins in the background and Christopher Lee standing there in the background. That make that makes sense to me. There's a lot mm-hmm. of like moving parts there, and yeah, I can imagine the spider also being really hard to pull off. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of moving parts in that thing. Yeah. I think another thing I remember was that when Gizmo walks, you see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, like, the really cute, but they... He's like a little hobble, yeah. yeah. Which, you, like, never see him walk in that first movie. Yep, that's true. So, He's just laying or in a backpack or mm-hmm. whatever, yeah. Yeah, he got to have be more active in this movie. He got to... Yeah, he became Rambo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he gets tortured in a, in a time of war and becomes Rambo. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. It's like... It's like, yeah, I think... I kind of find this movie a little inspiring. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, because, like, I mean, think about it. Like, this is really a bunch of creatives just going crazy with it. Mm-hmm. You know? And, they and like, even if they didn't make money at the time, like, pretty much now all I hear about this movie is that it's, like, hidden gem, this forgotten classic. Mm-hmm. You know? It's just... And there's so much, like like, skill on display, whether it be the special effects or the cinematography, I want to mention, is really, really good. Oh, yeah. Um, or just, like, the really creative and boundary-pushing, like, comedy and storytelling for the time in terms of, like, script and all that. It was just, like... They really just said fuck it and and made one of the most, like, in, in retrospect, like, innovative comedies ever made. Mm-hmm. Like, it, like, I... I admire the hell out of it, and I admire Joe Dante so much for making it. I think it's really cool. 
And it just like, to me, I watch it and I'm like, yeah, I can make my own vision. I can go out there and get a movie made that's like really out there and still turn out good and interesting, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a really cool movie to get reminded of how like, no, not everything, even in like a franchise, has to follow the mold. You know, it can all be. It can oh, be yeah. as wild, as crazy, or as serious, or as whatever as you want it to be. Yeah, it's definitely not the first movie again. No, sure. no, not at all. Yeah. Even though there are Gremlins trademarks, as we mentioned, they like they kind of repeat the microwave thing with the shredding thing. There's, you know, mm. even like mirrored shots of like Gizmo like crawling out of the drawer, like he crawls out of the box in the first one. Oh yeah. The characters from the first one that carry over this one are exactly the same. <laughs> mm-hmm. so I mean, yeah there, there's definitely like trademarks there but like they yeah. they push it forward to such a degree that it doesn't feel like anything like the first movie other yeah. than there being a lot of gremlins yeah yeah the electric gremlin the bat gremlin spider gremlin the, yeah the, the the brain gremlin yes the brain that talks the vegetable gremlin the vegetable gremlin yeah uh the gargoyle is flying yeah. you're right that's the bat one right yeah, yeah. the girl gremlin <laughs> yeah the, yeah the, <laughs> The weird girl gremlin, yeah. Yeah. Not not like that big a fan of that gremlin. Or at least how she's used. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's a little weird. I understand for the time, though, why that was like... Yeah, it's kind of like a sexual assault joke toward that guy, you know? But, I mean... It's weird until that moment at the very end where he's like, yeah, man. I don't know. Sure. Oh, yeah, I, I agree. It's still, like, weird. And I, I, I would have yeah. rather not it be, the joke be, like, based on the foundation of, like, the worry of sexual assault. But mm-hmm. I still think it's a... I still think that by the end, I, I feel a lot lighter on a joke like that than I would have if they never put that end part in. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't have that dance number with her, though. Or yeah, is, crazy... Is is that a reference to another movie? Because, like, I, I get the feeling it is, but I, I, is. I feel like I've never seen it. Yeah, it this dirties musical called Danes. Uh, so. Danes. Yeah, 1932. Uh, which must have been a now. pretty code name, then, <laughs> if it was Ooh. 32. It says 34. Uh, 34. Okay. <laughs> a World's Fair of Beauty song laughter. A reformer's daughter wins the lead in a scandalous Broadway show. Ooh. Ooh. I don't know any of these actors. <laughs> yeah. Those thing is chock full references, by the way. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like Batman. Even recent Batman. ones. Like, that was the specifically the the Tim Burton Batman logo, was it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that was a year before this movie came out. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> yeah. That's ballsy, man. Looney Tunes. The fan opera gets quite a bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wizard of Oz, when one of them's melting. Yeah, King Kong, uh, which, uh, which uh, when uh, Kate comes in to get Gizmo, mm-hmm. there's Daffy on top of the building. Oh, the yeah. Planets. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. The Rambo stuff, obviously. Oh, right. Yes, of course, of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, Rocky, with um, also in the training of him punching <laughs> the boxing bag. Yeah. Right, right. Which is fantastic. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of Rocky episodes, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Hulk Hogan. There was a Lego uh, Gremlin. There was a Lego Gremlin, yeah. Point, yeah. Which was a, the Lego company actually sent that to them to use. And wow. of course they destroyed it in this movie. <laughs> As they should have. <laughs> it's awesome, though. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Leonard Maltin was in it. 
Oh my god, was... yeah. And he didn't like the first one like at all, right? No, yeah. It, what he said in the movie is actually pretty much what he thought, just a little more insulting. Than yeah, this. yeah, yeah. It's, it's exaggerated, <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. It's like, what, like I'm assuming but... they just like asked him to be in the movie, and he's like, sure, man, yeah. Yeah. Apparently one of them, uh, he working on it, was like a close friend with him and stuff, so <laughs> they asked him. And apparently in his like, review for Gremlins 2, he calls his part a uh, gratuitous cameo. <laughs> he gave it a 3 out of 4 stars. So. That's awesome. That's so great. <laughs> I guess he liked it more. <laughs> I mean, speaking of meta movies that call it gratuitous cameo, like in the credits of Deadpool, they call Stan Lee a gratuitous cameo. Mm-hmm, yeah. yeah. Speaking of cameo, Jerry Goldsmith appeared briefly. Where did he uh, appear? He, was, He's, uh, he wrote the score, right? Oh, yeah. Did he write the score for the first one? He did. Yeah. Okay, so he, like, he returns. Okay. Uh, yeah, it was like someone was like, there's a rat in there, you know? And then, like, he's like, oh, a rat? Does someone say rat? Him and his wife are there. Oh, uh, okay. Which is his actual wife. But, That's cool. Yeah. But, yeah. A couple other people, but, you know, whatever. But, yeah. Jerry I, I, I definitely know the name. I need to yeah. remind myself. He actually did the Rambo scores. So, for... Oh, my God. <laughs> Alien, right. Yeah. yeah, Mulan, Chinatown, Total Recall, Poltergeist, LA Confidential, The Mummy. Oh, yeah. He's Instinct, Planet of the Apes, the original one, The Omen, The Birds, <laughs> Air Force One. All right, yeah, he done a lot of the Star Trek themes, The Hollow Man. Mm-hmm. This guy's been everywhere. Patton, Legend. Oh, yeah. Logan's Run. I- I'm going to stop, because this man clearly has had one of the craziest runs in all of fucking <laughs> film history. Mm-hmm. This is insane how many movies this guy's done. You ever seen the movie Congo? No. <laughs> Frank Marshall, the producer of this, directed that movie. And Jerry Goldsmith did this dwarf score for it. Oh, really? It's about monkeys in the Congo, and they're killing people. Oh, yeah, I've heard that it's fun, I think. I've also heard it's bad. I've also heard it's good. So I don't know. Hey man, I it sounds it. like a com- commando type of thing. I enjoyed it a lot when I watched as a kid. <laughs> There's a lot of good people in that movie. Laura Lenny, Ernie Hudson, Tim Curry. Mm-hmm. A very early, and I'm going to butcher this name, so I apologize. I'm Adewale Akinoya Hagman. He's in a ton of stuff. He's in, like, I hate to bring this up as an example. <laughs> like, the thing that came to mind first is that that guy's um, in the David Ayer Suicide Squad. He plays Killer Croc in that. Uh, He's a big dude. He's in a Born Identity. He's in the Thing remake. Uh, remake, prequel, whatever. Yeah, he's in the last one. Anyway, I just wanted to mention Congo. I want to get that Congo reference in our podcast. Of course. Of yes, course. yes. I need yeah. to rewatch that because I don't have a rated one. Yeah. Congo to the bowl. Congo, fuck yourself. <laughs> Yeah, that too. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Argo, fuck yourself. That's a good movie, Argo. Yeah. Love that movie. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't have much more to say about this movie. I just think it's one of the... It's, it's, what do you think about the, oh, yeah. the Dracula character? I think he's really sweet. I think he's cute. Mm-hmm. He reminds me of... Uh, there was this late night guy. On, I, I used to watch MeTV a lot as a kid. That's where a lot of the old Batman shows used to play. Star Trek used to play on it. All mm-hmm. kinds of like old shows used to watch. Occasionally Twilight Zone, called Me TV. Okay. And there was this, there was this guy occasionally on Saturday nights. There was this guy that showed up and it was like really late, and his name was Sven Gulli. Oh. And he was like this guy. He had the, he had the weird eye makeup. He had the black hat and like the red undershirt and the black overcoat. You know, 
and he like came out of a coffin and introduced the horror movie they were watching. It was always a really old vintage horror movie. Mm-hmm. And so he, he reminds me of like Sven Gulli. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know. I like him. I think he has a cute arc where he like, he wanted to do news, you know, but now he's doing, he's just like dumb retro horror presenter yeah. on this cable channel that no one cares about. Yeah. I like, like when he's like doing the first live broadcast of it and like he's try- he keeps falling back into his character while actually trying to report news yeah stuff. it's really funny yeah yeah maybe there's a theme in this film about like trying to achieve your dreams and like a capitalist uh system yeah system yeah, yeah. you know because i mean it's it's like we're ready for political opinions everybody yeah. <laughs> yeah, capitalism is is bred to um incentivize as people that advocate for it incentivize competition what mm-hmm. they mean is conformity into trends. <laughs> yeah. And um, so yeah, when you're when you actually have an original idea, an interesting idea, a real passion that is opposite of that, often you get consumed by that system to then just kind of be another cog in its machine rather than actually being an individual voice, which which Billy is under is very hard under the um, the woes of at the time because he wants to you know. He wants to be an artist, and he he wants to be promoted. He wants to do all these different things, and he's mm-hmm. still stuck at this stupid job he doesn't like. Yeah. And uh, even the movie is kind of that. It's a, a weird like it's a it's a franchise movie that they forced him to make, so mm-hmm. he decided to screw it and just make his own like completely original thing. Yeah. Also, well, against Hollywood. Yeah, it's kind of like a sequel. That's looking fun at sequels in general. Oh yeah. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. It, it, it does that while not just hanging a lamp on it. Oh yeah, no. For yeah. those for those that don't know what lamp or like lamp shading, I believe it's called. It's when a movie points out, like points out in the movie, or book or comic or TV show, whatever, the thing that's that it's doing that's wrong, but but then it continues to do it. Right. One thing, a good way of lamp shading is this movie by kind of. Having a general allegory of poking fun at sequels and all that, or Deadpool in a more direct way of the superhero craze. Mm-hmm. A good way to do it. A bad way to do it is the one I always think of as Independence Day Resurgence. When mm-hmm. when he goes, oh, they always go after the monuments, don't they? And then there's like a montage of them destroying all the monuments in the world. Uh-huh. It's like, well, okay. It's like, clearly, it's like, you're not doing it. <laughs> It's like, you're just doing that to say, like, oh, it's not a real flaw, we acknowledged it, and then you just keep doing it. In this one, or in Deadpool, they do something new with the idea they're criticizing. Right, yeah. So, yeah, lampshading is a very complex thing that, I, that I'd like to research, the long history of it, because that's been around for a while. Oh, yeah. This, like, goes in a lot of directions and stuff. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. I mean, yeah, uh... I like the, uh, I want to mention the redhead character. Uh, oh my god, yes. Yeah, which is, that's her real color hair, by the way. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> How does that female exist? Excuse yeah. me? She just talks really crazily in it, like, like, it's like that dialogue in the script and was, like, made for her, the way she, like, spits it out. <laughs> <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> Apparently she is in Sixteen Candles, this movie, Home Alone 3. Oh. The movie Adam from 2009. <laughs> My goodness. Who's that girl from 87? Wow. And her name is um Haviland Morris. I hope I pronounced that right. Because mm. she's very good. 
And I think, okay. of course, she's very good. Definitely worth looking at her other stuff, but she's very good. Apparently, she's also a Broadway actress. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, see. Yeah. yeah, she has such, like, a presence to her. Like, mm-hmm. she's, like, one of the most cartoony characters in it, like her and uh, uh, Clamp. Yeah. Those, like, yeah. The, the, those two are the characters that really tip the hand of, like, this is a cartoon. Mm-hmm. Human characters. And it's, uh... Every scene she's in, she's just this, like, sleazy, like, <laughs> just, like, so materialistic and, like, I don't mm. know, just, like, taking advantage of whatever opportunity comes her way, you know, because she's, she's going to get up to the top. She wants to be with Clamp, you know? Mm. Yeah. Jure only, like, starts liking Billy when he starts getting into good graces with Clamp. Yeah. 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 But... <laughs> and she just tries to get yeah. with him because she thinks that that'll get her closer to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they end up getting together at the end. They're so perfect for each other. What? Clamp and her oh, getting together at the well, end. Well, I mean, yeah. The perfect relationship. <laughs> God. But yeah. yeah. Hey, she she ends up being the new head of uh, public relations. So this was a... It's a win for her. Yeah. And a win for him, I guess, because I bet she did good. I bet she did good at the job. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I, don't know, I guess that's uh, all I'll mention. Yeah, Aside it's like, from the variety gags, I guess I could point out. Right. It's, it, I think it's worth mentioning, like, at you know, the tail end of this part of the conversation, that, like, this is a movie that we could talk about for a while, but nothing we could talk about will really replace the experience of watching it. Mm-hmm. If you're this far, and even if you haven't seen the first one, it's pretty easy to understand. Mm-hmm. Just give it a shot. Like, it, like, we could talk about it for, like, forever, and even, like, when you see it, you'll probably be shocked at a lot of the things that happen. Oh, yeah. And, um... So yeah, it's, it's a big recommend. It's a it's a hearty good film. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Um. So you got some trivia. You got some other gags you wanted to mention? Yeah. I like that elevator gag when like the Romans have taken over the elevator. Yes. And she's like sound alarm, and then they like. It's fantastic. I love it. Oh, there was apparently a cut scene where, uh, Gizmo tells uh. A flashback to Billy and like yeah. see it and it's all garbled and you can't understand him <laughs> or something there's also a cutscene of like in the lab there's a cow running on like a hamster wheel mm. but like on its sides and that's yeah. amazing <laughs> yeah there are, like 20 minutes of footage cut from this movie because the first cut was like two hours and then Steven Spielberg saw it and was like there are too many gremlins you gotta cut like gallons. <laughs> yeah. Like at least the lead scene wise, a lot of it was like just the melting gremlins. So a lot of effects were done. The, Good job, Rick Baker. The monkeys in the lab thought that the gremlins were real. So, oh really? Yeah, they're hard <laughs> work with mostly in camera effects. Yeah, uh, I mean yeah, because there's like the uh electric one but other than that yeah like, almost everything seemed to be done practically yeah yeah and the 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 bat gremlin was stop motion right right yes 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 that's true yes yeah. except when it's like attacking rick but uh, when, it, when it directly interacts with him then yes but there are yeah. a few shots where it's like where he's like trying to wave him off it doesn't age that well but yeah. <laughs> it's fine it was a five month shoot uh wow. when <laughs> that part when uh Clamp walks in on, like, the secretary, but, like, it's a gremlin stood. Mm-hmm. He said, you're not my secretary, before, like, it does the turn. 
Wow. <laughs> I really need to catch and, up on uh, Joe Dante's Joe Dante's other work. I didn't mean to. Yeah. He's done a lot of good stuff. I didn't mean to interrupt you though. I apologize. Go ahead. In the lab, the belching of like the gremlins drinking it was done. The that belching was done by Zach uh, Gallahan. So. Wow. <laughs> yeah. There's a so, lot yeah. of uh, there's a lot of burping in this movie. Yeah. Probably the most interesting bit of trivia. The uh, TV version has its own version of like the home video breaking in bit. Because like in the theater, you know, it's changing out the reels and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but like for the TV version, it was as if the video was breaking up and stuff. <laughs> so the gremlins put in their own thing, and John Wayne is comes in and stops them to, and tells them to put the TV video back in. Oh my god. <laughs> Which you can watch on the Blu-ray. <laughs> Oh my Never. god, that's amazing. Yeah. Originally, they wanted to... When they did it... When they released it on VHS back then, they wanted to do a VHS version. And they did. But then people were returning it for, like... Because they thought it was broken. <laughs> so... <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah. Oh my god. Also, that scene, the Dieter scene, where the mom's like, hey, this this movie's, like, too weird or, like, violent or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Actually happened to Joe Dante. Like, when he uh-huh. was at a screening of the first movie. <laughs> and Maul was like, that was too horrible. But then apparently the kid ran back into the theater and they couldn't find the kid that was hiding. So he had to wait with the mom but and like wait for a movie to end to get the kid back. Oh. So yeah, it was a whole ordeal. Apparently that the tape that's like says the end of the world stuff that he just had mm-hmm. is based off like a real thing that like Dante saw like a new station had that. <laughs> like just repaired. It was apparently pretty similar. And I think they the 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 station realized it when they saw the movie. It was like, hey, that's like our tape we had. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, they got permission from Sylvester Stallone for a rainbow stuff. He asked him. Good, good sport, good sport. Mm-hmm. Zach Gahan, his his whole thing with the first movie, he had like bit because he had this big moment at the end where he saves like. They pulls the last window blind and it like kills that one gremlin, mm-hmm. but it was cut. But this one, he does have a big moment where he does the water thing. No, uh, the electric thing. He sends electric gremlin on all of yes. them. So he gets to have his big moment. Christopher Lee apparently apologized to Joe Dante for being in the Howling too. Uh, <laughs> what? No, that's no. It's all right. It's okay. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that'll be it. That's okay. what I'm going to do. Awesome. Well, everyone, get sh- get your asses in the cou- on the couch and on- or on-, on your phone or in a re-release version of it in the theater. I don't know. Whatever you get to wa- get your- get <laughs> yeah. to watching Gremlins to the new bed. Get to HBO Max. Which they don't use film reels now. So, like, in theaters. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. The-, the mystique is maintained. Yeah. Jennifer Lawrence. What? Yeah. You said Mystique. Oh, uh... uh... <laughs> anyway. Don't you mean... Don't you mean... Oh, joke, the joke's messed up. I don't remember her name immediately. <laughs> Rebecca... Don't you mean Rebecca Romain? <laughs> I didn't just look I'll that up. I'll cut it so like it'll sound like you said it. Awesome, great. Yeah. I now know because Romain. You, I yeah. now know that because you're saying all this that you won't cut it. You'll make me look like a big, dumb idiot. Well, maybe I won't now. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. So now that Gremlins two thoughts are over, what do you, what what do you say we do some rom com and 
and horror recommendations. That sounds great, May. Yeah. Yeah, we'll that sounds it. great. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, you want to go first? Shall we go first? Well, yeah. well, I do have the sponsor. You have a sponsor? Okay. All right, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, All right, I'm so excited. Send a script, I'm so script. I'm so excited. Yeah, all right. Okay. Reading letter for letter, word for word. Here we go. This The sponsor for this week <laughs> that we might cut if it's too stupid. <laughs> you don't want the money? <laughs> well, I mean, hey, look, we'll see. So okay. It depends on how evil and capitalistic they are. We'll see. Okay. It's in line with Gremlins, too. You sure. don't have our own sure. voice. You wake up tied to a chair. You're in a dark, clunchy room. There's a metal contraption on your face. You try to call for help, but no one can hear you. You struggle against your restraints, but to no avail. You whimper. Then you hear a noise. It's the sound of TV static. You turn your head and see a TV screen. On it is an image of a puppet. The puppet opens its mouth and says, Is this an advertisement for the 2004 <laughs> film Saw? <laughs> Hello. I'd like to tell you about a sponsor. About a sponsor called Bye Bye Stale. It's Bye Bye Stale? Yeah. Okay. It's a new cleansing spray that cleanses filth from this planet. Filth like you. <laughs> you, you go around your house in your dirty clothes, stinking up the place. But with Bye Bye Stale, you can live like you're happy to be alive. So, live or die, make your choice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. I love the pandering. That's amazing. <laughs> Oh, thank you, Bye Bye Stale. I'd take that mm-hmm. money. Are you kidding me? <laughs> mm-hmm. that, that, that seems like it, it speaks to something much better than capitalism. It's about truly appreciating your life. Yes. And not exactly. being stale. Bye Bye Stale, you could say. Mm-hmm. One might say, Bye Bye yeah. to Stale. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> okay, yeah, so the rom-com. I got, uh... <laughs> let's, let's, just, let's, let's... Okay. Let's smoothly transition into this next segment. Where marry me, marry me, Yes, alright. Now, this movie called Marry Me just mm-hmm. came out. And how, I, how many times have you seen this in the theater, Luke? Twice. Came out um, last week. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to leave that there, everyone. Let's just leave that there. Hey, you still scream twice. Alright. Not but, the same week. <laughs> But, uh, and yes. You saw so. Knives Out and Endgame in the same week. I sure did see Knives Out and Endgame in the same week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, this may be just as good as those. Uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just as important to cinema, I believe. Uh, I, I, I would say, I mean, let, let's hold on now. I think Avengers Endgame is the peak of all cinema. Uh-huh. It, is, it, is, it is the highest form of what cinema is. In fact, I think, like, I, I go to the theater, and when I see something out there, like, let's say, I don't know, Taxi Driver, right? I, I see that, and I'm like, this isn't what cinema's about. What I want cinema to be is, like, Avengers Endgame. Right. That is the truest form of... I, I, you know, 
I feel like cinema is that that word. It just it it's not big enough. It's art. Taxi Driver is cinema. You know, Avengers is art. Right. Yeah. You know? And if, and if any of you disagree with me, I agree with you, and I was kidding. But if you agree with me, I wasn't kidding, and I agree with you. Anyway, continue. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I'm so sorry to hijack that. Marry Me, yes. You we, you saw it in the theater. We saw it, it together. my most anticipated movie of the year, because I love rom-coms, yes. and the trailer was so promising. Yes, let me tell you, listeners, see, <laughs> seeing that trailer in the theater as many times as me and Luke have... <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like, like he was wearing a mask, and I could see how big he was smiling under it. <laughs> uh-huh. It like, like you have no idea how it is how happy that trailer clearly made the man that I'm sitting across from right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like I just think he likes was, the delightfulness of it. Yeah, it just has such an amazing premise of like this uh, this pop star. She is played by Jennifer Lopez. Yeah, she's gonna have her wedding on stage, and she released a new a new single with her other pop star boyfriend. Yes, or fiance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but right before she like goes on stage, she finds out he's been cheating on her. Uh, so then mm-hmm. he, she is on stage. She can't perform the song for everybody. <laughs> yeah, and so she decides in a spur of the moment thing to uh, marry a random. Guy in the crowd who was Owen Wilson in this movie. Who was who was holding a "Marry Me" sign? Yes, worth mentioning. Yeah, and that's the only reason she picks him out specifically. Yes, of course. Yeah, and she's a Jennifer uh, <clears throat> Lopez. Yes, Jennifer Lopez. Yes, uh, and yeah, so he he says okay in the moment, and that was enough to get me on board with it. And the last trailer looked good too. Uh, so I was wonder I, I was wondering how this movie would be outside of it past that moment <laughs> that insane other decision yeah yeah so and it was really delightful mm-hmm. after that like I agree it's with interesting because he like says okay because like she's basically having a breakdown at that moment like she really plays that moment like really good in that scene oh yeah, yeah. I mean, Jennifer Lopez is really good in that moment yeah mm-hmm and so, but now, like, he's going along with it. He was, he was just trying to help her, not make the moment any worse, right? <laughs> right, yeah. Which that was interesting, and he is so far removed from her lifestyle. Yeah, because the so. only reason he was there in the first place is that way his daughter could, like, think he's cool and fun and all that. He doesn't really know who Jennifer Lopez's character is or any of that. Mm-hmm. And he's just, like, he's just a regular guy. He owns a flip phone. Yeah. <laughs> that he can text on, but very slow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Owen Wilson's great in this. And Owen Wilson plays Owen Wilson in this, basically. But he's, but in and I mean that in no way of a fault of any of yeah. that. It's really, it's really good his performance and Jalen. Yeah. He like is a leader this math group, the the Pythons, the yeah, PI. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's I don't know. It's really charming. I like they have a chant where they like do three point one four or one five or whatever. And then that one kid just keeps going after, after the chance. Like yeah, after the after all the classes, no, he's like, you can stop. <laughs> it's like you, can, you don't have to keep going. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I just like how the relationship was in the movie and how it grew and how she started to get to know more of his life. There's cute as fuck. Yeah, it, it 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 knew what it was doing and I really enjoyed it. 
And I like the music too a lot. So, but that could just be me. But anyway. I think it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. There, there are some, there are some great ones. On my way to you was awesome. Mm-hmm. That was Which, great. oh yeah, this time around on the rewatch, I noticed the score and how like it used songs from the soundtrack, like as far as the score. On my way in particular is played a lot even before that. Oh really? Yeah. It was interesting seeing how it was used. Uh, I like particularly. No, shoot, I can't say that. <laughs> Never mind. Okay. It would have been a spoiler. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. I got but you. But anyway, yeah. So please see it, guys. It go take your Valentine or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I I, know, I genuinely think more people should support movies like this because everything, everything yeah. in the theater now is so high stakes. Either you're seeing this indie film and supporting it, you know, you're like I'm going to support this movie, or you're part of the the large crowd going to the superhero craze or whatever, the blockbuster thing, you know. Rarely do we, can we just go to a movie and have a low-stakes enjoyment of a story. Mm-hmm. And it, it starts and ends there. There's always a hubbaloo around whatever you're watching. Yeah. That's one reason I love horror so much. There is a horror, like, fandom, obviously, out there. But, like, like horror, you can just typically go and understand what you're going for and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like rom-coms, in this case, is a very similar thing, especially Mary yeah. and Me. I, I really enjoy just being able to go to this and just watch it and have fun. Yeah. And there are rarely rom-coms in theaters anymore. So. Yeah. I'd love if there was more. Cause there are plenty of horror movies coming out in the Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You're, you're totally right. Yes. Yeah. Not enough of these. Yeah. There's, a, there's definitely, like... I don't think horror will ever... No, but... I, I don't think horror will ever ever die in terms of, like, movie audiences, but it's weird. Because mm-hmm. you, you think the same thing. Honestly, I think it's streaming. You know, a lot of rom-coms and stuff like that are coming out on streaming. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know how that move happened. But... Well, I think there's like a there's like an intimacy, like a cuddleness to rom-coms, you know? Yeah, uh, that is... That's fair. And when, in a horror movie, seeing a theater with an audience all having that, like, oh, reaction, or, you know, is a big part of that kind of experience. That's, that is true. Yeah, but, like, dating is, like, a big thing. Yeah, like, going to the theater so into I mean, a date, yeah, I... I, 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 I also agree with that. <laughs> um... Yeah. yeah. You want to talk about <coughs> horror? Yes, I watched four. Like we can talk about however many we want on whatever thing. I'll go from least good to most good. So least good. Let's start with the the kicker. Oh. The kicker. <laughs> uh, Cannibal Holocaust. Okay. We watched on Shutter. This mm-hmm. is the immensely controversial film released in 1980 <laughs> by the director, um, yeah, Rogero Diodato. This is known for being a movie that has that um, it's just it's it's horrible, <laughs> and I'm like I mean I'm I'm not referring to the quality of the film. I'm referring to what they did to make the movie. Mm-hmm. This movie is hypocritical to its core. I think that while the since watching it a few days ago, my view on the actual physical content I see on the screen that I don't find appalling by the filmmaking circumstances I, I, I get behind more over time but I think the situation and circumstance in which it was made in which I don't really want to talk about too much here mm-hmm. is horrifying and appalling oh, yeah. and like it. so yeah um, I, I just recommend don't support this movie I don't like talking bad about movies unpublicly I think there's very little purpose for it Mm-hmm. But this movie, uh, I like I. It just it really it, it depresses me, and not for any reason that it wants me to. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's enough. Enough. Less said about that, the better. So moving on from that. 
Um, yeah, I think these two are kind of tied for me. Um, so I think I'm going to mention Phantasm first. Okay. The um, beloved late 70s horror, cl- horror eh, cult classic, I'll say, by Don Coscarelli. Um, mm-hmm. About, uh, uh, what, what would he say? This <laughs> is about... Um, it's a weird movie. Yeah, it's a weird movie about a, a little boy and his older brother that is that is an adult, and the weird happenings um, all surrounding a funeral home that they encounter. I think this movie is definitely worth going into blind. Mm-hmm. Don't at all look up anything about this. It is a very weird, kind of a Jello-inspired kind mm-hmm. of movie <laughs> that I just enjoyed the hell out of. It's one of those weird enigmas in 70s horror that like I can't even imagine being made today, much less back then. Mm-hmm. Um, not for any like maturity factor, just because of how like freaking weird and out there it is. Right. Um, after that, Christmas Evil, because right. yes, I watched a Christmas horror movie. Um, this is known for being a slasher. It is not a slasher. It is um speaking of Taxi Driver, a fairly character study like character study like story narrative where a man slowly goes darker and darker and darker after being exposed to what he considers um ills and sins or whatever of society and then eventually snaps and a lot of the movie follows him on yeah, one night after too many people on the night list right yeah essentially yeah he goes and he murders a few people in santa claus and it's a great 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 movie that is both horribly sad and oddly heartwarming by the end um yeah I, another one less said about the better definitely give it a shot so i'm shutter but the big the hot tamale that I really wanted to talk about and mention is The Wolf of Snow Hollow. Yeah. Yeah, this movie's excellent. This came out uh, two years ago in 2020. 2020 was two years ago. 2020? Yeah, 2020. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Um, uh, Jim Cummings made this movie. This is his second feature that he directed by himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a werewolf mystery. Yeah. Where he plays a sheriff of a but town. Also a, a comedy. Yes, right? yes, this is a horror comedy, where he plays the the sheriff of a town just looking for, looking for this murderer that seems to be absolutely tearing apart these victims. Mm-hmm. And um, this movie is hilarious. It is offbeat. It is quirky. It has it is excellently written. It is super meaningful, genuinely tense, and everything you could possibly want out of a movie like this. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorites I've seen in a long time in terms of a new movie watch. Yeah. I saw this, and I think you mentioned it like right after we watched this. Like, I feel like I've never seen anything like this before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just like, it's that's like that's the feeling that both me and you crave when we see a movie, right? When right. we watch a movie, and we're like, I have never seen anything like that before. And I love it. Mm-hmm. That's like that's that's what me and you are looking for, right? Like yeah. that's, that's what if you're a movie fan in some level probably all of you can relate to that feeling mm-hmm. of just like seeing something and blowing your socks off and saying that is something remarkable and for I got that feeling with this movie it reminded me of the magic of film why I love it why I love horror why I love comedy why I love all these things all wrapped up in this weird very distinct movie mm-hmm. hard recommend yeah, one of the hardest serious. recommends I could hard recommend yeah. It, sh- it shot to the top of, like, if I had a 2020 ranking, it shot to, like, near the top of my 2020 ranking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll blow it away. I had it. it was just so enjoyable. Yeah. So different. Which is weird that we're saying this, because, like, don't get us wrong, this is kind of a humble movie. It's clearly low budget, and it's mm-hmm. just, like, a couple characters and their interactions and the weird things that happen. There's some great gore effects in it. 
Mm-hmm. Like, this isn't like, you know, like a big, constantly tense, pulse pounding experience. You know, no. it, it doesn't try to be. And I think it's it's just so purposeful and interesting. It's a humble movie that reminds me that anyone can really make a movie if they're passionate enough about it, if they think enough about it, if they put enough of a voice into it. It's really excellent. I've never seen a movie with a voice like this before, and it just fucking riveted me. Mm. Loved it. Loved it. Huge yes. recommend. I, I, I'm going to look it up where to watch it, because I got it as a Blu-ray at McKay's, right. which was very nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Looking it up, looking up where to watch the movie, I'm recommending yeah. The Wolf of Snow Hollow. You can stream it on Epix and DirecTV. <laughs> DirecTV On Demand. It's available Sweet. to rent everywhere else. See? Yeah. So I, I'd recommend buying it if you're into buying movies, because, I mean, I could see myself re-watching this movie a million times over. Oh yeah. Yeah, like I can see yeah. myself even like just putting this on in the background if I wanted to. Like, I, like I, like this movie's entered itself into my head canon of great movies, mm-hmm. into such a way where like I can't imagine loving movies without it now. Right. It's yeah. like yeah, it's like it, it's it's special. It's genuinely incredible. And also, just a funny note, I watched that immediately after watching Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, so that was a hell of a one-two punch. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. R.I.P. to uh, Robert Forrester, I believe. Yes, rest in peace, Robert Forrester. In his last role, I believe. Mm. Yeah. Damn. So. Uh, but, you made every movie you were in better. No matter if you were in, if you were in the worst movie in the world, if you were in the best movie of the world, mm-hmm. you always made that movie that much better by you being there. So Robert Forrester, rest in peace. Excellent actor. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Moving on. Lazy talk, right? Or crazy yeah. talk. <laughs> we're yeah. not that crazy, are we? We're, we're, I don't know. Yeah, we're like kind of. We're fine. Yeah, we're. Yeah, we're zany. We're crazy. <laughs> we're crazy, but we lazy. So crazy, it lazy. bottoms out. Absolutely. <laughs> Even um, whatever. You right. go first, Nate. Okay, me go first. Uh, let's talk about the um, Oscar movies. Okay. Let's talk about the Oscar movies that we caught up on. We talked about the Oscar nominations for Lazy Talk last week. So both me and you have watched quite a few. Mm-hmm. Of right. them, um, so yeah, what we both the big nominating, like big nominated film, the the, the big tamale mm-hmm. was the Power of the Dog, the Jane Campion movie. Right. We both watched it. It's on Netflix. Um, do you like? Okay, we I like this movie. What did you think of it? Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, uh, I thought it was really good. Um, you didn't seem to be as positive as I was. Yeah, I don't know. I I wasn't uh, in the right place really to watch a movie like this it's really slow ass uh like really re- relying on audience to interpret and like yeah. come out of it which in and, case in case the listener which don't, is don't typically know here, my thing right it's it, that but, that's really your thing so you saying that is like a negative thing is more of a i think yeah that's <laughs> more of your uh, your place in mind that you watch it but like mm-hmm. i i had the question for you why do you think this one is the one that seemingly the oscars are really latched on to why this movie? I don't know. Because normally it's oh, understandable. Uh, the, the the director did do The Piano, which was a big Oscar name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is kind of her comeback movie. Yeah, so that's fair. Maybe. So you think this is maybe like an interpolitical thing, everyone just being really happy Jane Campion's back? Maybe. Yeah, like Avatar got a bunch of noms. Really? Oh, yeah. Huh. <laughs> but... <laughs> 
And right, yeah, I did. I did research I like, for that. Why don't I remember that? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's similar thing. But having the most noms ever, right? It's not ever. No, ever. Titanic's Titanic got fourteen. And this got twelve. Okay, well. <laughs> James Cameron, yeah. as mentioned. The Lawland also get like that many. It was like thirteen, I think. Thirteen. Okay. But yeah, but like it's like like normally the big nominated movie is like really obvious, mm-hmm. you know, or even or the winner, like either one. So like just in ones that like come like into mind like La La Land was very obvious mm-hmm. you know even a movie that like won best picture like Green Book it's like of course a yeah. bunch of old white people will think that's the greatest movie of the year Joker <laughs> that didn't win no well, no Parasite was a fluke <laughs> <laughs> no I was like that had the most nominations that did? year Joker did well yeah well that also makes sense because that was the whole point the whole time when they were trying to like you know, they were liking the popular... They're, they're, yeah, they're like they're like us. They're like the normal audience. They like all the popular stuff. And, you know, we got one of these superhero movies out there that we're not ashamed to nominate because it's because it's serious. It's important. It speaks yeah. to things that we all know and see. Mm-hmm. Like, a, like a fantastic... Like a fantastic representation of mental illness. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just like for anyone to they know who doesn't understand... Black Panther or right, that was, that was the previous year, right. Yeah. They, they were still trapped. So that makes sense why they did it. And I want to make sure to anyone that doesn't know that was 100% sarcastic. That is a horrible representation of mental illness. <laughs> anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but like this movie doesn't feel that obvious to me. It feels like a movie that, like, yeah, would be like an Oscar movie, but that wouldn't get like 12 nominations. I don't know. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't know exactly what it is about it. Yeah. It's a good movie. It is good, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, hey, good on them. Um, Okay, after that, we watched Parallel Mothers in the theater, which is yeah, a new Pedro Almodovar movie. Yeah, Pe- Penelope Cruz was nominated. Uh, is that it? Uh, oh, oh, there was a score. The score, score was nominated. All right. Yeah. <laughs> this movie was fine to good. Yeah. It's the weakest Almodovar movie I've seen so far. Granted, I've only seen yeah. two, two others. We watched, like, Panic Glory when that was the 2019 Oscars. And that was yeah. great. And that, yeah, that was awesome. Both me and you came out of that theater were like, Damn, that was great. Mm-hmm. I've since watched The Skin I Live In, yeah. which is another great movie. I haven't seen a single one in between. Okay, two. great. <laughs> um, yeah, this is the weakest I've seen, even though there's a lot of good stuff about this movie. I think there is some serious writing issues mm-hmm. in it, even though like he, he does shoot his stuff well. Of course, the performances are fantastic. Yeah. Melody Cruz definitely deserves her nomination. It, like If I had to come up with my five actress ones... I don't yeah. know if she would be the first one I came to, but I see her nomination. I'm like, that totally deserved. Yeah, great. Yeah. I, this, yeah, yeah, this I mean, I'll, I'll take any, like, foreign like language, like, n- nominations. Like, that they'll appreciate. Yeah. So, I mean, okay, yeah, definitely. That's definitely a good positive. Of that. We yeah. watched Being Ricardo's on Amazon Prime. Yeah. Aaron Sorkin, which, new movie. Yeah. Another find-a-good movie. Yeah. But isn't that great, but I really enjoyed watching it. I mean, Sorkin still makes entertaining movies, so I mean... Yeah. I had a similar experience, but I think, as mentioned, I often rate, like, factor into my ratings, am I going to rewatch this movie? <laughs> well, do I ever feel like rewatching this? Mm-hmm. Because, like, I don't know, for me, a lot of the enjoyment of film is, like, growing with a movie. Right. And, like, enjoying it, find, not even finding new things, but just, like, really, like, holding on to it in a certain way. And I, I watched this movie, and I just was like, yep, yeah, I get it, and then left. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. I think we enjoyed it probably the same amount. I just didn't. I can't imagine myself really coming back to it. Right. Okay. Um, you already saw this, but I watched Belfast. Oh right. Yeah. The Kenneth Branagh movie. Yeah. 
Another this big nominee. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. And you all mm-hmm. need to watch it. Yeah, get out there. Regal's yeah, reissuing it. Go Kenneth Branagh. Uh, Branagh, yeah, Kenneth Branagh. <laughs> um, I watched the... the oh, sorry. I, I no, no, go course. ahead. Yeah, I haven't talked. The Eyes of Tammy Faye, which you have watched already. Yes. Uh, which I really enjoyed. And, and was What's that nominated for? That's nominated for... Jessica, Jessica Chastain, Chastain yeah. best actress. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there is makeup in there, and maybe another thing. <laughs> <laughs> was Andrew Garfield nominated? Do you know? No, because I no, because I think he had the lead actor for Tick Tick Boom. So I don't think he was nominated yeah. for another well, acting. Well, I mean, well, like two years ago, uh, ScarJo was nominated for Marriage Story and Jojo Rabbit in the same year. Yeah, she was. But I don't think that's the case here. Okay, it's just two with makeup and Jessica Chastain's actress in the leading role. Yeah. But, but yeah, this is one of the this is one of the um, better ones I feel. Yeah, I just like the whole uh, delusional Christian stuff. Uh, kind of. Uh, this is home in a in a in a. We we both been raised in the Bible Belt South. Uh-huh. We, we do have yeah. different outlooks on spirituality, but we both are very familiar with this very different type, this very specific type of spiritual person. Yeah. That that uses religion not yeah. as anything spiritual in any way, but more as just an excuse to feed their own ego or specific goals or whatever. Yeah. And the way this film showed it, I thought it was really powerful and disgusting. Uh, yeah. and, but <laughs> And nuanced. And nuanced. Yeah, because uh, like... Cause, because Tammy Faye specifically also does good things, mm-hmm. but not for good reasons. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Whether that be like doing charity work, or there's a scene in this where she puts on the the channel, um, trying to understand the gays basically, <laughs> and uh-huh. like, and she, and on the show she is, I granted, for the time in the community, uncritical. I, I still, even by what she was doing, I, I wouldn't say she was near perfect. She's mm-hmm. still very much others, that person, and, like, when he says things like, I'm happy the way I am, she, like, kind of has that Christian thing of, like, oh, I disagree with you, but we're going to move on, and I'm still okay with you. <laughs> it's like, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, it's, yeah. But, like, clearly she was doing that more because, you know, she related to the outsiders, as she literally mentions as plenty of times in the movie, mm-hmm. and she looks at, like, people homosexual people is like these outsiders you know yeah and it's like yeah it's not great yeah she really liked self-awareness too and um her husband mm-hmm. like they would just be saying like god told me to do this and stuff and they're like yeah well god told me you know i should do this and whatever yeah. but so she talks kind of weird in that movie yeah to, oh yeah but <laughs> when god told me to, you know all that kind of thing that old lady yeah. sound. And not even I'm not even sure they recognize that really what like their own what they're even saying. <laughs> no, they're they're so stooped in their own lies they can't help but believe them. Yeah. So yeah, out out of the run, this is what <laughs> was most memorable to me. So, yeah. But yeah, I mean, except Belfast, I didn't see that one recently. But right. yeah. But, yeah, the, the, out of the ones that we've mentioned so far, definitely. Those, those two are some of the most memorable. I liked Power of the Dog enough to put it next to those two. Yeah. But I, I understand if you if you wouldn't, given your experience. Mm-hmm. Um, did you watch any others that we haven't mentioned? No, I don't think so. Okay. Well, I, I can I can mention the last one I watched, most recently. Sure. I watched The Lost Daughter, in which uh, was nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay, 
Um, Olivia Coleman and Jesse Buckley also got nominated for acting Oscars. This is Maggie Gyllenhaal's directorial debut, the sister of Jake Gyllenhaal, who most popularly, I feel, is seen in The Dark Knight as Rachel Dawes. Right. Um, Rachel! 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 But, uh... <laughs> Where is she? Where is she? <laughs> <laughs> um, she's right here, directing this movie. But um, this is an, also another Netflix movie. Netflix had a good year for Oscar nominations, man. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, uh, I think this is a, a movie very similar to Belfast that I think is beautiful, important, immensely good, that I never care to see again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I gave both of them three stars, but more on a personal level rather than quality level, because um, I think those movies are much better than my rating would suggest, mm-hmm. even though I still like, when I get to actually speak and say my opinion, I will acknowledge they're beautiful, well-acted, very meaningful, and... Just mm-hmm. great films. They're what films are made for, man. They're great. And they don't feel... Belfast and this movie specifically feel like they gain to the Oscar-level status, not because they're trying to be Oscar movies, but because they just tell stories well enough with meaning enough to earn the, the title. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I think it's great. I think all of you should watch it. It's very sad. It has It's very subjective and, like, pathos-driven. It's very personal, very intimate, and not in a way that you normally think. It's just really good, and I really could see Maggie Gyllenhaal's directorial style and voice in it, and I really enjoyed it. Sweet. Yeah, give it a, give it a watch, everybody. Netflix. Yeah. Netflix users. Yeah. Netflix users, all of you listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, I, I know what you're going to mention for your lazy talk, so let, let's start talking about it, all right? Yeah, okay. So, Death and the Nile just came out. We watched it literally today. Yeah, and... Uh, I loved it. Yes. Literally, I thought it was just a great murder mystery, Mm -hmm. and it just had such this... uh, Vibe. Vibe to it. And it just... It's shot gorgeously. It looks way too beautiful for a movie like this to be. (laughs) Yeah. I've never seen Egypt in particular look like this, and like just the sheen of it and stuff, but then also just the ship itself and the costume design and stuff just looked really good but it was also just so enticing to like watch and like to get to be with these characters before even the mystery starts and to kind of yeah i don't know it was just good at being a like a mystery yeah the whole thing has like a a romance to it like you know the romance of the desert and the romance of like the setting and all that. There's such like betrayal and like, trepidation to everything, you know. Yeah. It, it's that perfect balance between like the like the excess and like the uh, I don't know the I don't know the giving into temptation of like yeah, the style. The of, excess of the heart. Yeah. yeah the <laughs> excess of love. <laughs> but um yeah and mm-hmm. Kenneth Branagh coming back as Poirot is yeah, amazing and directing and directing. Again. This is a sequel worth noting to Murder on the Orient Express, the 2017, 2017, 18? It was 17. 17 movie, um, which I also saw in theaters. Um, I think this is hand over fist better than that movie. Oh, yeah. And I enjoy that movie. I'm a defender of that movie. This is hand over fist better than that movie. Mm -hmm. Um, There was something about it that was gorgeous. Both Mm -hmm. oddly, like, and both me and you mentioned this, we didn't expect themes in it. It was like, like gorgeous thematically, 
it was gorgeous like visually it was gorgeous in like it's the pure filmmaking prowess it display there were so many shots that i remember even now just thinking back to it mm-hmm. it's so good yeah it was directed to a t yes. like it puts the t in directing <laughs> puts the t in directing <laughs> um you know actually but, i think i might be comfortable saying this is my favorite um kenneth Branagh movie i've ever seen sure yeah, yeah. i totally see that uh, yeah. I love. I love much to do about nothing. I was about to mention much to do about nothing, yeah. and I love Thor. I love Thor yeah, as well. Uh, Hamlet's great. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'd have to sit on that for a bit. Yeah, that's fine. Thor is underrated. Yeah, it's underrated. I, you all underrated. Yeah. It's great. I <laughs> <laughs> could be my favorite who done it, even though Knives Out exists. But I mean, <laughs> that I might have to sit on. But hey. yeah, yeah. This is a much more, like, classical, like, a murder oh, yeah. mystery to Knives Out. Oh, yeah, well, I mean, this is Agatha Christie. I mean, she she was the... I don't know if she's the first one who done it. I'm, I'm not... Yeah. I'm not sure if she was the first one who done it. But mm-hmm. she, uh... But she's she's the... She's the, the blueprint. She's the mold that all who done it's are in the shadow of, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, even when Knives Out came out, that was my favorite one. But even I can tell that's very Agatha Christie in terms <laughs> right. of, like, inspi- inspiration. Right. And, like, yeah, so... It, like... I already mentioned before watching this, like I want to read more Agatha Christie, but especially after watching this, I want to read Agatha Christie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Everyone was so good in it. I, I love following around that detective. He's just so good. Mm-hmm, yeah. He's so sweet and he's so cute. <laughs> There's a scene uh, in it when he was just like sitting there on the top of like. On the top level of the boat, just enjoying some music, and there's this big old smile. And I was like, "Oh, he's yeah. so cute." <laughs> Very accusatory. Oh yeah. Part where someone else like mentioned, he's like, he has a bad habit of like excusing people of murder. He's like, oh, "That's a problem, I admit." It is a problem, I admit. <laughs> yeah. I love his French accent. It's so thick. I love his mustache. It looks like mm-hmm. there's two mustaches on one face. Yeah, it does look like that. It's amazing. <laughs> I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, everyone's great in it. Um, for me, the standout is probably Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot's great. Yeah. yeah, and I really loved, um, I don't know why, but for some reason Russell Brand st- stood out to me as the Doctor. I don't know why, and Matt Ban- <laughs> Benning's oh, always good to Russell see. Russell Brand, sorry. Yeah, that's Russell Brand, yeah. Matt <laughs> Benning's always great. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the performance Army Hammer gave was great. Uh, the man yeah. I don't know much about. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, and Tom Bateman was also good, mm-hmm. who was uh, Poirot's assistant. Right, yeah. He yeah. returned from the, from the, the last movie. one, yeah. yeah. Was... Which uh, I didn't know was a thing. I just thought maybe the only returning character would be Poirot himself, but no, there's two. Yeah. That's cool. So, mm-hmm. yes. so yeah, um, I really hope the third one's made. I really hope this is a franchise. I'd love to see more. Yeah. Like, get, like, I want six Clearly movies. he's passionate about it, so... He had a whole run where he's doing just Shakespeare stuff for, like, a whole, like, decade and a half. Yeah. His, I mean, per- his first 20- movie was Henry V, so... Yeah, maybe in 2018 go all as well, and it's, like, Shakespeare about it. Oh, really? So, yeah, he's still... <laughs> yeah. All is true? All is true, not all as well. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Kenneth Brown, Judy Dench, Ian McKellen. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. I've been interested in that one. That's the only movie like from last decade I haven't seen from him. So yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, he he be busy <laughs> sometimes. Now he is. No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, I think that's what we gotta say about Death on the Nile. Definitely a hard recommend. Go see it in the theater. Go support it. 
would love to see this get a sequel. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. yeah, so now we are at the end of the show where I'm going to announce what we're doing for next week. Mm-hmm. And it has been mentioned multiple times in this very episode. I thought it was funny it was, but I decided um, a little while before that we are covering Knives Out Oh, really? <laughs> Next week, so, yeah. I could say Rambo, and I was like, oh, sh- no. Scheisse. Oh, <laughs> Knives out, huh? Knives okay. out. The um, Ryan Johnson 2019 whodunit modern classic. This starring in Craig. Um, it is only available for rent on the usual places. It's not available to stream, like, just stream anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, sorry about that, everyone. Um, even though I imagine a lot of you have seen it, it was a very popular movie. A lot of people got to it. Um... So yeah, if you want to be unspoiled for Knives Out, which I highly recommend you to be unspoiled for, um, make sure to watch that in between episodes if you haven't or just need a reminder. Um, there are a letter box in the description. There's an email that I will check now to make sure we have gotten anything interesting. Mm-hmm. There's nothing interesting. Nothing at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, if you want to email us, ask questions, tell us what you want us to cover. I would love to get some suggestions or just a topic, anything at all, uh, tell us we suck. Uh, yeah, letterbox to email. Have a have a great day. Thanks for listening so much. All right, and to all... Be, be good people. Be good to one another. <laughs> good film fans. Yes.